0: This is Dream Space from Factory International with me, Gemma Kearney. I'm an art lover and broadcaster, and for as long as I can remember, I've always been interested in how the power of our imaginations can help us dream up new worlds for ourselves. Factory International's new home is the new venue in Manchester called Aviva Studios. It's big, very versatile, not limiting itself to one kind of performance. A kind of Dream Space, actually. We wanted to ask artists to imagine that they had a limitless space with infinite possibilities to programme whatever they want in their dream space. To find out what makes them tick creatively and what kind of art that they think the world needs right now. In every episode, we're inviting a special guest to take over our minds, our imaginations, our dream space with whatever they want, creating their perfect lineup of art, music, inspiration and more. Together we'll create a new vision, pushing the boundaries of what is possible, asking what kind of art the world needs right now and inventing tomorrow together. There's no limits to dreams, so open your mind, get relaxed and let's get dreaming. Today we're entering the dream space of the award-winning author and poet Denez Smith. They are the author of three critically acclaimed poetry collections, including *Homey* and *Don't Call Us Dead*, which won the Forward Prize for Best Collection and delves into the intricacies of their identity as Black, queer, and HIV-positive. They once described their work as a chance to peer into the surreal edge at another version of us, which feels apt for entering into their dream space today in this episode. For MIF23, Denez Smith set the creative tone for a lock-in at Manchester's Contact Theatre in honour of its 50th anniversary. A collaboration between Factory International and Contact. 50 Hours of Freedom invited three local artists to make new work in just 50 hours, which was performed in front of a live audience, all inspired by a brief given by Denez. This is Denez Smith's Dream Space. Firstly, thank you so much for joining us. It really does feel like um, an honor to be joining the dreams of so many incredible thinkers. Where do we begin with you, Denise? I don't know.
1: Look, for those of y'all listening, I know this is like in the forever time of the podcast world, but it is 6.30 uh, (laughs) a.m. here in Minneapolis. And I only know I'm only here Because I rolled Something told me To roll over at 545 And double check What time is it In the UK Uh, And then I realized In my travels I had made a little bit Of a miscalculation So I'm halfway still dreaming, so great place to start.
0: (laughs) We literally are in your dream space.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) Do you consider yourself quite a dreamy person? Do you often find yourself in a subliminal space or are you a realist and in the real world?
1: I think dreams are the only way I can survive the world. (laughs) I tend to be a little bit of a realist and sometimes my dreams are a little bit too real for my taste, but think I daydream a lot I think dreams are how we how we call the future towards us I think as a poet dreams are a super important space to like live and think and act from yeah I think dreams are a supreme power and a gift that we are given
0: so I write as well and I find it the most dreamy headspace I feel like sometimes stuff comes through me or through my body when writing in a way that I don't feel when I'm communicating through like the verbal word Mm -hmm. when you write how does it feel in your kind of body and mind
1: oh I guess you know I think it I think it's a it's never the same right I think sometimes I do feel that sort of dreamy conduit space where I don't know what the hell is coming through me but it just comes and I you know it's nice to sometimes even now like in the early morning or sometimes in the late night to write when the veil between this world and the next is a little bit thin, right? Or maybe when your spirit is a little bit more porous to these juicier questions or these like more slippery thoughts and concoctions that can lead you someplace. Um, Sometimes it's really hard, right? Sometimes I feel like I am the maker of my things and, you know, like editing and charging forward and like really trying hard to get what I envision. But I like when it feels like a collaboration between me and You know, maybe some unknown forces, maybe the ancestors, maybe God, maybe ghosts, maybe spirits and fairies. I don't know. Whatever is out there sprinkling magic onto our brains and into our eyes. So I think it's both for me. I think sometimes I feel very much like human or very much like this is a machine of my making. But I think the best or the funnest or the most mysterious is when it feels a little bit more like. There is another energy collaborating with my mind
0: and my hands as I'm making stuff. And does this liminal space heal or take us on a journey to actually create new and better worlds or existence? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if all artists are healing,
1: right? So sometimes it heals for sure, sometimes it leads us to the better world. I think sometimes art is meant to destroy. Um, Sometimes it's just meant to witness, to hold. So I think it does what it needs to do. Yeah, healing is necessary. And I I love making art that charges towards a better world. But sometimes, I don't know. I think also I I like the idea of destroying too, because I don't know if we can always build a better world on top of the one we have. I think sometimes we got to knock some things down. And so sometimes you need some dreamy destruction to come into the place to help you imagine what could be built within that cleared space
0: here we are in your dream space anything can happen and you get to choose yeah as an audience member or somebody who has come to experience your particular exhibition whatever it may be I don't want to put any limits on what we're gonna go through and what we're gonna experience what happens in the initiation what's at the beginning of this dream space
1: I don't know I see a lot of flowers I see tea and water and champagne. I think it's a party. I think it's very soft. I see people sitting on soft things with their friends, laughing. Yeah, I just see, like, comfort and peace. Um, I think it is invite only. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, you know, through a community, right? I think it's, like, sort of, like, I don't know. I see, like, a space where it's, like, a bunch of queer folks or a bunch of folks of color a bunch of women who are able to invite their friends sort of like this first particular ring of folks who then get to open the door for others into a true soft and safe space um, yeah and i don't know if safe means like i don't know what safe maybe it means we're safe enough to say some dangerous and things but i think The invitation is a very soft and communal moment of beauty, of interaction. So just like bubbles and beauty all around.
0: Geographically, does this space land anywhere in particular? Is it a bit like somewhere you've been? Is it part of a favourite area that you have coveted or cover? Is it stateside or beyond? I'm so intrigued.
1: Yeah, it could be anywhere. I think if I had to put a city towards it, something's telling me that it's in... Ooh, where is it at? It's in Chicago, over here in the States. I just think Chicago is such an important city um, and a beautiful place, and a place that I think, if I think about friendship or if I think about community, that's a place that's really pulsing up in my heart right now. I've never lived there, but I've passed through there. I've worked there, and a lot of close people to me come from there. I think people think about New York as, like, the center of America or something like that. But New York always feels so far, in particular Chicago, I think for me, maybe because I'm from the Midwest and we're actually the middle of the country. um, Chicago feels like the heart. And so I feel like if I draw a circle around Chicago, then a lot of people that I know and love are able to make it and able to come truly together as one.
0: So here we are having a glass of champagne. It's warm. Everybody is giving good vibes. What can we expect from this experience and this dream? What's next?
1: Oh Lord, I, I feel like such a curator right now. I see installations, I see things to touch, uh, I see art on the wall. Yeah, I see things to walk through um, as we're like moving towards maybe a more performative moment. But yeah, but I think after a space of connection should come like a, a thing to observe. You know, let's go stand in front of some stuff and look at it and talk about it for a little bit.
0: Are there any particular visual artists that you love to look at?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, in this world right now, uh, Mickalene Thomas is calling out to me because I feel like so much of her work is about seeing Black women in moments of extravagance and rest. It's always these women with all these colours and textures and jewels and there's a lot of shine to her work. And they're always in these moments of leisure, you know, on these couches and stuff like that. I think that's partly in my head is what I'm imagining. It's just like, we all get to live in a Micheline Thomas painting for a little bit. So maybe there's her work on the wall. I see the work of Jonathan L. Chase, who's a brilliant visual artist. I had the pleasure um, and honor of having one of his pieces on my first book's cover. His work is really erotic. He often is doing uh, these like bodies and shapes of like showing black queer bodies, um, like in like you know just literally like booty holes out, like very erotic, <laughs> just kind of like erotic and a little bit, a little <laughs> bit crude in a way. And, and I, if I can, if I can say that without a negative mm. connotation, or very bare. Um, sometimes the bodies in his work are touching, and often when they are touching, they tend to like fuse together in a way. So you see two people becoming one.
0: Mm, so nice. What can we hear?
1: Okay. So we hear Jamila Woods. We hear Summer Walker. We hear Moses Sumpney in this space. Oh, that's a dream concert right there. Good job, Denez. <laughs> Let's see. if Who tops it off? Who has a good voice? Then like Nia Long comes out or maybe like Lupita. Um, yeah, Oh, yeah. Lupita. Lupita comes out and just like reza some tony morrison or something like that we just have some store we just have some story time you know
0: Uh. (laughs) yes oh my goodness yes and who's there like you were mentioning invite only and bringing together friends or connections is there anyone that you would love to meet they can be on this plane and alive or perhaps they may have passed but is there anybody in this dream that you think really fits into the atmosphere?
1: I don't know if it's any one person. I think for me personally, like I see my mom and my grandmother there and I think they, yeah, I just want my grandma there. I want her to like experience an extravagant day. I love her. And I think she locks herself out of moments like that. Yeah, maybe, I don't know, a, a mom that I would particularly like to meet. I, I want to meet Tina Knowles. She made Beyonce and Solange. So, uh, Oh, Solange is there. That's who I want there. That This is a very Solange yes. thing. Uh, yeah, so yes. maybe Solange is there. Uh, and she doesn't have to perform, you know, unless she wants to, Solange. If you want to get on stage, the mic is open. Um, but, you know, Solange is just there kicking it, you know. Um, and I get to go sit with her and Tina. We smoke a blonde. Um, you know, out on the (laughs) patio. And then, um,
0: yeah, that's it. Actually, this is a nice moment to ask you, what can we pick up in your dream? You know, are there books or resource or things that you can take away with you?
1: Oh, I love that. Yeah, there's books, there's records. Maybe it feels like, maybe there's like a thrift store section, you know? If my grandma is on the invite list, And I told her there was a thrift store or like a Goodwill in the middle of this exhibit. (laughs) She would would definitely come. (laughs) That lady loves a deal. I see like tables full of like useful stuff, right? So like maybe somebody picks up and starts like doing their friend's toenails or maybe there's like brushes so people can start doing each other's hair. Maybe there's, you know, people just this like organic braiding happening around the space. You know, I see a barber in the corner too for the folks who have a fade to get lined up and stuff like that. So yeah, it's like, at once a performance and like also just like a kickback too it's like sort of be as you need to be but there's definitely yeah there's definitely a thirst a moment it's like take something home that you'll remember this with i also see polaroid cameras everywhere so maybe you can like take a physical you know picture mm. home right so we're just like also capturing the moment um so yeah there's just like little coffee tables peppered throughout that like have these polaroids that you're invited to like take up and like take a snapshot real quick
0: It's so tactile, your dream. There's so many things to experience. Can we smell anything in particular? I mean, it feels like it's a sensory, embodied moment.
1: Yeah, I think that first moment, right, with the flowers everywhere, you just smell that. You smell nature as you come in, right? That fresh scent of flowers and different plants and stuff like that. But as we move deeper, I think it becomes more earthy and incense and stuff like that, you know, so. Uh, maybe a different incense for every room, right? I'm attracted to, like, sandalwoods and cedars and stuff like that. Um, You know, maybe there's, like, some sweeter moments, some honey moments, maybe a lemongrass moment. But, yeah, there's definitely scents, right? Like, you know, there's always, like, something, like, there's always an incense burning, right? There's always that, like, faint smoke in the air.
0: Do you think that these dreams, these experiences, whether it's finding your smell or seeing a painting that changes your whole day does something to us does it last you know does it change our opinions how important do you think these parts of being human and being alive are
1: i think so i mean i think they have no choice but to change us and i think that's the hope of art is that people will walk away from whatever they're engaging with changed or moved or shifted in some type of way that's why i'm trying to create like this like softer space right because I want I want people's guards to be down so they can be changed you know I think sometimes like even I, I've been like if I'm in a museum but it's like very packed I still feel like a little bit tense and so maybe it takes a lot it takes a really big gesture from the artist and I think to like knock me out of whatever tenseness I am so but in spaces you know I can think of Concerts of shows I've been to when I've been more relaxed, when I feel I'm amongst my people, when I feel I'm in my element. My own walls fall down and I'm able to be transformed by the work I'm taking in more because I'm not in this guarded sense of protection. I'm not in fight or flight mode. I think it's just about setting the conditions for folks to experience that.
0: What's one of the best memories that you have of that happening in a live music space?
1: Janelle Monet after, which album was it? I think it was after Electric Lady. Um, so that tour in the Skyline Theater here in Minneapolis. And it was just like, you know, and I was like with a big group of friends in our city in a place where we love to see shows. And it was like my like sixth or seventh time seeing Janelle Monet. I'm, I'm a really big fan. And it was so cool. She like had us literally sit on the ground and only for Janelle Monae, but I sit on the dirty ass ground of the Skyline Theater. And so we all sit on the ground and she starts like crawling through the audience and eventually she's sitting on my friend Allen's lap (laughs) and like singing the song to him. (laughs) Wow. And so that was it, right? Like she like totally... Like, we were already comfortable, and then just the act of having to sit down, it recalibrated us, it threw us off kilter, you know? So we were a little bit like, oh, shit, what's going on?
0: May I be as bold as to invite Janelle on the lineup for our day in your dream?
1: Oh, Jesus. I mean, I know this is a dream, limitless budget, but I don't know if we can afford her, but... (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like Janelle will want to come. I feel like I feel like I'm making a space where Janelle yes. is like, I want to bring my three girlfriends, you know? And so Janelle, please feel free totally. to come. The mic is open for you to do whatever you want. If you want to perform, if you just want to talk, you know. <laughs> she just wanna be seen. I just I see that. maybe Janelle yeah. Monet is just like, I like I like these moments where they're just like in this new era of their music, just like dancing on bars. So I just see Janelle just like, you know, on top of the bar. Um, you know, with their titties (laughs) out, doing their thing.
0: (laughs) This is such a fun dream. (laughs) What can I say? (laughs) I am so ready for it. Um, And do we get food? Like, can we taste any particular flavours?
1: I'm imagining a really bright salad with, like, citrus and fennel, and hamica. I mean, am I just describing the salad I ate yesterday at the restaurant? I am. Um, and oranges, and cheeses. <laughs> you know, so like something very like decadent but but light. What else? I'm what am Am I tasting? I'm tasting like lemon sorbet, like citrus sorbets, lemon, grapefruit, maybe mango. That's not citrus, but it works in there. Mm. I'm tasting bread and jam and meat and cheese. It's a decadent charcuterie. And, you know, plenty of fruit. I'm tasting fish. I think I'm tasting fish. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm tasting fish with like a nice bright sauce over like some rice or something like that. I feel like roasted carrots. Mm. I, don't know what I'm tasting. I don't even like roasted carrots like that, but I'm tasting them. Um, and, oh, no, I do like them. <laughs> I, I feel like a little balsamic on there. Oh, yeah. That's, that's sounding good to me now. Um, and then just like cake. Just, like, <laughs> so much cake. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. This banquet. Yum. The sounds. How long does this experience last? Like, how long do I need to clear in my diary to come and be part of Dinez's dream? Oh, it's,
1: like, all day. It's, like, yeah, yeah. It's, like, you know, you can come and go as you please, right? But to get the full experience, I think you're coming at, like, 10 or 11. And, like, yeah, you're there for the full day. You're not leaving till midnight.
0: Nice. And... Do you find yourself curating space in your own career in the real world? Do you want people to feel like a particular feeling or set moods when you perform, for example?
1: I think so. Um, when I perform, when I teach, I think I'm curating a particular mood. I love people to feel a range of emotions. Like when I perform, I know I've done my job. If somebody comes up to me after and I was like, oh my God, I didn't expect to... Laugh and to cry so much when I came here today. And that lets me know I've done my job as a performer. And I think it's similar when I teach as well. I'm trying to make a space where we can be really free and light and we can be ourselves. You know, I I think I'm also part of my teaching style is trying to heal the like hurt student in a lot of folks, right? Um, I think a lot of folks come out of, you know, school, whether it be secondary school or university or grad school with a lot of like learning trauma sometimes, Um, and so I think my spaces are trying to heal some of that and go against the grain of some of that um, so that way we can like feel light and feel ourselves but also do some deep 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 learning. I think I'm always trying to bring us spaces where we can be open and be vulnerable. Um, and allow whatever feelings to pass through that moment that we can. Can we get soft enough so that way we can be angry? Can we get soft enough so that way we can feel purely unburdened? Or can we get soft and vulnerable and peaceful enough and together enough that we can examine, you know, a grief that is hard for us to approach otherwise? And I think that resonates with this dream space that we're in right now is like, how do we use Comfort as an invitation to go across a wide spectrum of feelings, you know, and some people might need to stay in that comfort and be just unburdened and light and free after the day, but some people might need to come into that comfort so that way they can investigate something that's a little harder, a little darker, and then have a soft space to return to after that moment.
0: Have there been pinnacle moments in your journey? Be it career or life, so personal professional, that have really helped you carve out exactly what you're saying, you know to be able to be so articulate in and and it seems from an outsider's perspective confident in knowing that we need to be able to feel a range of emotions and not to be afraid of anger. Or to overcome like trauma of society in, in academic spaces, like these are really powerful things that you're saying. But how do you get there? Like, what has it been in your life that's made you think things need to be done differently? I
1: think uh, I can think of a couple of like spaces throughout my life that I've learned that. I think about my high school theater program, where we were sort of moving and the teachings of. Augusta Wall's Theater of the Oppressed to build our own work. And I think our teacher, Jan Mandel, who I still work with to this day, uh, but I think she was really good at setting up a space that was safe enough for us to dream. And I really, you know, it was in the basement of our school. And I just think about that basement for a young me as such a holy place uh, where I could come and be whoever I was. I mean, that was one of the first spaces where I was like out and queer, and it felt like it was part of another world. And it was because of the permission that we were allowed to feel whatever it is we needed to feel there. It felt like a place like nowhere else in school. I'm thinking about um, my college program at the University of Wisconsin. I was in a program called First Wave, which is a like hip hop and spoken word theater program. That's actually through First Wave is actually how I made it to Manchester for the first time. We came over for Contacting the World back in the day.
0: I mean, that is a dream. Even the title of that course to me is a dream. I just think to be in those spaces, particularly at certain points in life where, Mm -hmm. you know, we're starting out, Mm -hmm. (laughs) trying to find our voice. And I'm so happy. I, I feel so moved when I hear my peers, my contemporaries, you know, the people that I connect with describe that these safe And wonderful spaces are out there Mm -hmm. and there are people leading them as well and creating them because there's also quite a lot of pushback to be in safe queer black Mm -hmm. spaces it's um it, it makes me really happy actually to just hear about these like like something like first wave like how cool is that
1: yeah yeah it's beautiful um and I feel like I'm still finding those spaces as an adult you know I think having those experiences early has really informed the type of relationships that i've sought with friends and with lovers you know um yeah i think like the reason i'm engaged to the man i'm engaged with is because he reminds me of that feeling you know the reason i have the friends i have is because they remind me of those inaugural and integral spaces that are so important to me um so yeah so i think that is how we move through the world. And I think, I think the the point of like and maybe the teachable moment for this, right? Is like if everybody out there can like think of the space where they felt most free to be whatever it was they needed to be, then the question is how do we start to curate that space wherever we are? Can you make is your if your home is not that space, how do you make it that space? Who are the people that make it? easiest to transport into that space when you're with them no matter where you are can we curate our lives to be filled with portals that allow us to go wherever it is our spirit needs to go
0: i'm thinking about the contrasts of the code switching that needs to happen for some of us in this world like you say like creating those portals even you know on public transport like can we create mm-hmm. our own dream spaces by making sure that we're listening to this podcast <laughs> in our ears or how we dress and, and signal like, who we are. And I find it ever fascinating to try like you say, to have those portals in the kind of municipality of, of structure mm. in, in the world. And I think there are hacks. There are absolute ways of doing it.
1: Yeah, I think so too. Right. And I think sometimes there's not. Right. Sometimes it's about safety safety sometimes is a false illusion too, right? I think that's why I was even hesitant at the start of this to say safe space because what the hell does that mean, you know? But, you know, I think it it also requires just a little bit of bravery, you know? And I think in that bravery, I, I know that I was transformed when I was younger by seeing queer people living their lives out loud, by seeing people who weren't afraid to be unabashedly Black in spaces that, maybe didn't imagine themselves as black spaces right i think there is a bravery that comes um, with living life a little louder and a little more true to who you are and it does take brave pioneers to do that because i think they free something in the rest of us who get to witness them Um, and hopefully uh, they start to reconfigure the world around them with that bravery so that way a lot of us can step more into ourselves and the more of us that step into ourselves the the bigger that community comes, you know, the harder it is to for a more ignorant and violent world to quell what is abundant and vibrant within us.
0: Thank you, thank you so much for sharing that so beautifully. Are you going to perform in your dream space? I'm here for the festival, and you? Hell no! Oh, uh, well, we want you to.
1: <laughs> I'm doing a show next week at the at the other dream space, but <laughs> no, I don't. Wanna perform, I wanna host, I wanna like take care of people. I'll do stuff, but I won't perform, you know? I'm not on the schedule. I'm enjoying, I'm dreaming, I'm I'm living. And plus I'm like, I have a headset on. I'm like making sure the food gets where it goes. I'm making sure the performers do what they do. I don't need to perform, no.
0: <laughs> I'm having such a nice time at this dream space. My toenails have been painted by Janelle Monet. How do we round it up? I mean, it's been such a feast in so many ways for our senses. I mean, you're not performing, but can somebody perhaps read one of your poems?
1: Oh, sure. But I'm not sure it needs to be my poem. You know, I think there's okay. so many poets out there. Araceli's Girmai should be reading poems. You know, that is the poet's poet. She is a poet for the heart, 100%.
0: You are who I love. You Selling roses out of a silver grocery cart. You in the park feeding the pigeons. You cheering for the bees.
1: I see a reading with her, with my homegirl Angel Nafis. Her poetry is Mana. Hanif Abduraki reading something. God bless him, that beautiful, brilliant man. Cam Awkward Rich, whose wedding I was just at. But he is just such a brilliant attendant to the heart and even the darker spaces within the heart too. I think we need to touch grief and to see the ways of which he leads us out of it. Yeah, that's 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 very good. So yeah, but in the end with Araceli's maybe reading kindness, maybe reading the poem, You Are Who I Love, who I think is one of the best poems in the English language and just makes us all feel so possible coming out of that poem.
0: You with cats in your voice in the morning, feeding cats, you protecting the river, you are who I love delivering babies nursing the sick you with henna on your feet and a gold star in your nose you taking your medicine reading the magazines you looking into the faces of young people as they pass smiling and saying all right which they know it means i see you family i love you keep on
1: that's a great space to end and you know and then you know everybody gets a gift I think we end with a dance, you know? That's the way anything should end. That's why it's the last moment in the wedding, right? So I see that last moment of just like melting, a slowdown, a slow dance, you know? And it melts, right? There's still some people playing cards, there's still some people, you know, having a final plate or something like that. But you know, there's just like, we hear some Arcelies and then, you know, just like some Marvin Gaye, some Aretha, some, some, Anita, some Anita Bakers playing. And we just, you know, know, we just get on out, right? Um
0: can't all evenings yeah. end with a slow dance why they should are they not they playing? don't anymore they I know don't anymore. a slow dance is so nice I feel like bumping and grinding just took over the idea of like an actual slow dance I definitely did when I was a teenager it was more like that's a, an opportunity to get close to someone you fancy but it could just be so much more gentle than that
1: <laughs> yeah I mean you know I also love a slow twerk you know there's nothing wrong with a slow grind you know but just a moment of slowness, right? You know, face to face and, you know, just like holding somebody. And it doesn't even have to be a boo, right? You know, you slow dance with your mom, you slow dance Aww. with your sister, you know?
0: an embrace, a chance to embrace.
1: And embrace. It should end with slow dances and, you know, kisses on cheeks and, you know, all the text me when you get homes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it should just softly dissolve, right? People should feel free to leave when they want to, you know, some folks... Love a good Irish goodbye. I do myself as well. Yeah, and I, you know what? And the, there should be tax... The, the last thing, um, how we do leave is that there should be, like, taxis, guaranteed taxis waiting for people outside so that way they can just make their way home. Nobody's got to take the metro unless they really want to. But, you know, everybody's able to just, like, hop in a cab and be whisked back to their home. Carriages. fucking carriages yes (laughs) hell yeah freaking carriages heck yeah horse drawn
0: i'm Gemma kearney and you've been listening to dream space from factory international today you heard denez's vision and you can join us next time to find out who's taking us on a journey around their dream space If you enjoyed this episode, make sure that you like and subscribe to the podcast because your support makes a difference and it does mean a lot to us. If you can't wait until the next episode, head to Factory International's website to find more exciting artistic content on Factory Plus. And if you missed our first two episodes where we were transported into the dream spaces of the actor Maxine Peake and the artist Scotty, you can find them there too. Dream Space was hosted by me, Gemma Kearney, and the series is produced by Katie Callen and Tess Davidson, with sound design by Femi Oriogun-Williams and theme music by Carmel Smickersgil. The executive producer is Dan Jackson and it is a reduced listening production for Factory International, curated by Scott Smith and Alex Mannion-Jones. Poetry reading by Elise Germai. Stay dreaming. Goodbye.